Welcome to Disrupting Leadership, where we redefine leadership for a post-pandemic era. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Myers, founder of Evolve the Leadership Evolution, where we help leaders accomplish all of their goals without negatively impacting their quality of life. I'm an Air Force veteran, mother of three young, beautiful children, and have a PhD in organizational development and leadership. Welcome to all my evolutionary leaders. So today we're going to continue the conversation on leadership development and really creating your own leadership development program, whether that's for you as an individual or you as an organization. And so we are going to talk about how do you maximize the return on investment or ROI of leadership development? So we'll talk about how do you track leadership development success, what quantitative and qualitative data should we be tracking, and when should individual leadership development plans deviate? So if something's not working, when do we need to switch things around? So we'll go over all of that today, and it will be a nice bite-sized bit of information that is really going to help solidify all of your leadership development plans. So basically, how do you track leadership development success? How does that work? How do you know if you're successful when it comes to your leadership development? And the bottom line is that you need four specific things to really track leadership development. Number one is a needs assessment, and we're going to dive into all of these in depth. Number two is a gap analysis. Number three is pre and post surveys. And number four are personality assessments. So When we think about this, I love what Patty Phillips, who's the CEO of the ROI Institute, says. Patty says, build data collection and evaluation into the process early on. They shouldn't be an afterthought. So as you're creating a leadership development program, again, whether it's individual or whether it's organization-wide, you should be doing this. And so when you're creating it, During the process, before execution, you need to be looking at your data collection and what you should be evaluating throughout the entire process. So let's start with the needs assessment. So needs assessment, basically what this is, is it says, what do you need, right? What is it that we're missing when it comes to knowledge, skills, abilities, competencies with our leadership development program? And so a needs assessment has five main steps. Number one, gather the evidence. So take a look at, okay, I like to think of it as where are you now? Where do you need to be? And what's the gap in between? And we'll get into the kind of that gap analysis in a little bit. But in order to figure that out, where are we now? And where do we need to be? We need to go through this needs assessment. So gather the evidence is number one. So where are we now? figure out where we are by looking at all of the evidence. So what knowledge, skills, and abilities do I currently have? What knowledge, skills, and abilities do my employees have or do my team have if we're looking at this organization or team-wide? And then what knowledge, skills, abilities, and other competencies do we need to have? So gather all of that evidence to really figure that out. Is it soft skills mostly? Is it hard skills mostly? What is it that we're really missing? Is it mentorship? Is it coaching? Is it guidance? And then analyze the evidence for that. Okay, so what is the evidence? We've gathered the evidence. We analyze it. We really figure it out. Brainstorm it down to all the contributing factors of what impacts those knowledge, skills, abilities, and other competencies. So is there big turnover in a particular position? Is there high retention in another position? What's the differentiating factor between the high turnover 
and the high retention between those two positions. So really dig deep to figure that out. What What's the differentiator there? Is it the hiring process? Is it the training? Is it the type of person that we're looking for? Go back and actually look at resumes from when you hired those individuals. If it's a difference between specific individuals, you know, what is it about this person that makes them different than this other person. I mean, dive deep. And yes, this can get a little touchy when it comes to looking at personally identifiable information. So definitely get with your legal team, get with human resources, make sure that you have the right access and can keep all of this information either anonymous or keep it to yourself as you're gathering this information if you're diving deep into someone's personal information. So I have to put that disclaimer out there. So brainstorm all of those contributing factors and then get to the root cause. Okay, what is the differentiator? What is the gap between where I am now and where we want to be? And then step five is to determine the next steps for improvement. So we're going to get to that step five, determine the next steps for improvement, and really getting to the root cause with number four as well in just a moment. But I want to talk a little bit more about this gap analysis. The needs assessment and the gap analysis really work in conjunction with each other. So you've got the needs assessment, and then you've got the gap analysis. And during the needs assessment, really during steps two, three, four, you're doing a gap analysis. So you're analyzing the evidence, you're brainstorming the contributing factors, you're getting to the root cause, and all of that happens kind of by doing this gap analysis. And the way you can think of a gap analysis is where is the potential performance? What's the current status of that poten- of that performance? So what's the current performance level? Where's the potential performance? And what's that gap in between the two? So it's really how do we get from where we are now to where we want to be is the gap analysis. And so you're incorporating that into the needs assessment in steps two, three, and four. All right, hopefully that makes sense. It's very basic, so you can feel free to reach out to us with additional questions. I don't want to get super deep into the boring, dredging stuff. We can get deeper than that if you want to. Just feel free to reach out to us at any point in time. Our contact information is in the show notes, and we can go through that even deeper or walk through how you would modify that for your own particular needs. So we've talked about the needs assessment. We've talked about the gap analysis. Then number three are those pre- and post-surveys. So basically what you want to do is you want to survey or do an assessment at the very beginning of a leadership development program. And you can even do this before you've created the leadership development program because it will tell us exactly where people are right now. So the individuals that you think need a leadership development program or if you need a leadership development program, right, where are you now? These pre and post surveys can really help us determine that. And so the benefit to participants when you do pre and post surveys are that they tell us about their expectations first and foremost. And I love this because if we do a pre-survey and we do it right, then we do it before we've even determined the curriculum. And so it tells us what participants want to get out of the program. If you've ever been to any of my workshops, the vast majority of them at the very beginning, I ask people, what are your expectations? And the reason for that is I want to make sure that we meet the expectations. If we know what they are, then we can meet them. Or if we can't meet them, we can explain why we can't meet them and, oh, but you'll get it in level two or whatever the case may be. And so this really helps us identify, okay, we know what we they need, but they also have a diff- potentially different expectation of what they need. So how can we marry the two? And if you've ever been to our Influencing Up and Out workshop, 
we talk about aligning values, this is where you can really align values as well. Okay, our value is to give them the best leadership development program to develop them into the positions or into these competencies that we want them to have. Their value is that they want, you know, and you can ask their value in the pre-survey, but potentially they want career development. They want to be the best that they can be. They want to make a bigger impact. And so how do we align our value with their value? And we communicate in a way that aligns the two. So we tell them, hey, this program is going to meet your expectations because of X, Y, Z. And that sets us up for success. So setting up the expectations for a leadership development could be an entire separate program, podcast in and of itself, but it really helps set the expectations. And so we know their expectations. We know our expectations. We can set the expectations for the entire program. In addition, these pre-surveys really highlight the abilities and the backgrounds of the individuals. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into an organization and they've said, yeah, we're, we're hiring you for a Leadership 101 program. But by the time I actually sit down with the individuals who need the program, it's totally different than what the executives thought that they needed. So I walked into this organization a couple of months ago, actually, as an example, and I was hired through a third party. So I was kind of a subcontractor in this case. It was through a local university to go in and give a Leadership 101 program. So I didn't have the opportunity to sit down with the executives in advance, which is what I usually like to do, because usually we can figure out during that conversation that they don't actually need what they think they need. But in this case, I didn't have that opportunity. So I walked in and I asked the participants what their expectations were. And once I found out what their backgrounds were, what their abilities were, what their expectations were, I was like, you know what? We're scrapping all of this curriculum. I'm bringing in all these other workshops that I've done because I want to meet your needs. And what I'm hearing your needs are is not this. We're going to be dragging for 20 hours of boring leadership development stuff that you don't need and is not going to be helpful for you. So let's scrap the entire curriculum and let's start from scratch. And so don't do that in the moment (laughs) is my best advice. Try to have this pre-survey and this conversation in advance to really highlight the abilities and the backgrounds of the individuals, know what their expectations are, so that you can set the curriculum based on that information. And what this does is it really helps hone in on the participants' needs and, most importantly, their preferences. Because you can also ask them, what's your learning style? How do you like to learn best? And if it's all experiential learning, then we don't want to do a bunch of, you know, death by PowerPoint. We want to go in and do actual on hands-on experiential learning opportunities. So do not even remotely set the curriculum until we have the pre-survey. So you may do the gap analysis and the needs assessment in advance to know the knowledge, skills, abilities, and competencies that you want to include in the curriculum, but don't finalize it until you get this pre-survey result. All right. So those are the benefits of the pre and post survey to the participants. What's the benefit for us? Well, we've already talked a lot about it. I've kind of integrated it into the conversation already. But basically, it helps identify what training we need to offer. It gives us a snapshot of knowledge and understanding of the participants. And it allows us to modify the course content to meet the participants' levels and needs and Probably most importantly, well, no, designing the curriculum is probably most importantly, but second to that, 
the pre and post. We've talked a lot about the reasons for doing the pre, but the main reason for the post is we're able to compare the results between the two. And so we actually have then quantitative, tangible data to work with to tell us what knowledge, skills, abilities, and other competencies were improved throughout the entire training program. All right, and then the last main way to track leadership development success, and again, these, this is not the end-all be-all, this isn't the final list, but these, this is the basic needs of any leadership development program. The final one are personality assessments. So this is a little bit different. This is a little bit out there. I, I am a PhD, but some other PhDs in a research and academics out there are probably going to roll their eyes at me when I say this. So just know that this is not from my academic background. This is from my operational and tactical backgrounds, right? I can tell you firsthand that the use of personality assessments is extremely valuable in leadership development. It's a very non-traditional approach to measure the success of leadership development through personality assessments. But I have found with the integration of coaching, right, not if you're doing a traditional one that's just a bunch of workshops or computer-based training, if you're integrating coaching like we tell you you should, the use of personality assessments is extremely important. So this is used more for the coaching and soft skill, behavioral, and strength improvement. So you can actually have someone do a personality assessment. I like to use for the behavioral assessment the best measuring tool in my operational experience. So again, this has no research backing to it. But in my operational experience, the best behavioral assessment for measuring changes in some of these soft skills is the DISC assessment. And then for strength improvement, I really like Strength Via. So StrengthsFinder is a great tool, but it kind of looks at a macro level view of your or a micro level view of your strengths. And I like Strength Via because it looks at a much more macro level view of your strengths. So uh, those soft skill, behavioral, and strength improvements can really successfully be measured using personality assessments. So again, we can dive more in detail and more in depth on this. If you want to reach out to us, I'm happy to provide some additional information on this. We're not going to get into it in this particular podcast because we still have more to cover. So what quantitative and qualitative data should we be tracking during our leadership development programs? I'm going to go back to Patty Phillips here and, and quote her again. She is the CEO of the ROI Institute. She says that people think that investing in leadership development is inherently a good thing. Well, there may be some truth to that, the first question to address is why. And this goes back to people thinking that there is a need when there may not actually be a need. So particularly, and I'm not dogging on you because there are great executives out there, but for the most part, it's the executive levels that are very separated from the operational and the tactical levels of an organization that say, oh, no, we need this. We need this training. And then we go in and we ask them why. And we realize that the training is only going to be a Band-Aid. And you've probably heard me say this before, but I don't do Band-Aid solutions. And the reason for that is that that Band-Aid ultimately wears and falls off. And I don't want that Band-Aid to have the Evolve stamp on it because when it falls off, Evolve is going to get blamed. So just like you blame, you know, your dollar bin 
band-aids for falling off within four hours from your toddler's knee. It's like, well, it was probably the brand. People do the exact same thing when we go in and we provide a band-aid solution when it's really a systemic issue. So although people inherently think that leadership development is a good thing, we have to ask why. Why is leadership development a good thing? What are your end goals? Why do you think you need leadership development? And so questions to ask ourselves as we're creating a leadership development program, whether for ourselves or for our business, is number one, what are the business opportunities? Number two, what's the opportunity for the organization to make money, save money, avoid cost, or do some greater good? Three, what are the behaviors that need to change in order to solve the problems and leverage those opportunities? And then questions to ask participants. So this can be done in the pre-survey or post-survey or both, depending on your particular needs. The first question does not measure behavior, so keep that in mind. Do participants believe the program was relevant? Number two, how much did they learn? And I usually like to ask the, what did you love? What did you like? What did you want more of? Questions as sub-questions to this. So how much did they learn can be measured very subjectively or very, so very qualitatively or very quantitatively. Just depends on the direction that you want to go or you can do a combination. For the qualitative assessment of how much did they learn, I love the questions of what did you love? What did you like? What do you wish there was more of? Then it doesn't put a negative connotation on gathering information about next steps. Are they applying what they learned to their jobs? And this is really 360-degree feedback. This should include their supervisors, their peers. If they have any direct reports, they should be asked this question as well because they may think they're applying it, but other people are not seeing it. Or they may think that they need to work on applying it even more, but they're already making a difference. And so it's really good to get 360-degree feedback for this particular question. The next question, what impact did the program have on the business? And we're asking this to the participants. So we're asking for their input on this. And Sub-questions for this are particularly on output, on quality, on cost. It just depends on your industry. Time, job satisfaction, customer satisfaction, work habits, innovation, and promotions. Those are the main er sub-areas that we should be analyzing from the perspective of the participants. And then we need to calculate the return on the investment. So return on investment is calculated by taking the net benefit. So what's the quantitative because that's really the only way we can calculate ROI, even though we know that the qualitative is there and is making a massive difference. For the purpose of numbers, it has to be done quantitatively. So what was the net benefit? So if we go back to the impact on the business, the output, the quality, the cost, the time, if we can quantify job satisfaction, customer satisfaction, innovation, promotions, et cetera, we can really get that quantitative net benefit. So what is the net benefit minus the cost of the program, so the actual cost to develop and execute and facilitate it? And that will give you the ROI. But the last question to ask is really those intangibles, those qualitative components that are much more difficult to measure. But we can do it by asking qualitative questions on a 
post-survey. And you can do it as a pre-survey and a post-survey to really get that comparative analysis. And we should be focusing on teamwork, inclusion, experience, retention, etc., engagement, all of those intangibles. So let's now discuss when should individual leadership development plans deviate. So when do we know when to change a leadership development plan? And the bottom line is when the ROI is negative, you never stop. So never end leadership development. So if you calculate the ROI to be in the negative, Don't stop what you're doing and try to recreate a new program. Just adjust the program because more than likely there are good things that came out of it. Maybe it just needs more time for the intangibles to take hold. Or maybe it just needs more time for even the tangible components, the quantitative components that we can measure to take hold. Production, output, that type of thing, depending on your industry, can take a while to see that pipeline shift and change. So never stop, just adjust. All right, so that's it for today. Your action step from this particular podcast, and I know this was a little bit dry, but it's so incredibly needed because this is so missed across so many leadership development programs, right? It has to happen. We have to be able to measure the results. So your action step for today is to identify how to track leadership development data for your particular organization or your own individual leadership development plan. And let us know. So if you're on a platform where you can comment, comment, let us know, reach out to us, find us on LinkedIn, let us know what your leadership development data plan is. Okay. So with that being said, we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Make sure that you download our app at the link in the show notes where we provide free resources and provide a community of evolutionary leaders. You're able to find us in the app store or in Google Play, Android, Amazon, whatever. Uh, app store. We should be available in almost all of them. So if you can't find us, definitely reach out and let us know, but we're in the main app stores. So download it, find us. We also have a web app where you can find us and you can actually log in directly to our web app. If you go to our website at evolve.vision, that's www.evolve.vision for all of my fellow veterans out there. That's Whiskey, 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 dot, echo, Victor, Oscar, Lima, Victor, echo, dot, Victor, India, Sierra, India, Oscar, November. So also, if you know of a leader or an organization that would make a great guest on this podcast, please reach out to us in the app or email us at hello at evolve.vision. That's H-E-L-L-O at evolve.vision. And we want to hear from you. We love feedback and we want to know how we can continue to provide value. So make sure you connect with us. Make sure you download our app. And until next time, thank you to all the evolutionary leaders for being wonderful guests and support by listening to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you.